Good evening, everyone. My name is Mrs. Blessing Asamaigo. I want to welcome you to today's review. You are all welcome in Jesus' name. I hope you had a wonderful Sunday service. Today, we'll be reviewing the book, How to Make Your Faith Work, by Pastor Chris Oyakilome. The content for review today is chapter 1 to 4, The Faith to Live. You already have faith. Chapter 3, Jesus taught us to receive. Chapter 4, Receiving by Faith. Now chapter 1, The Faith to Live. The Bible in Hebrew, chapter 1, verse 1 to 3 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, by it the elders obtain a good report. Through faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And the writer said it is very important that we have a clear understanding of what faith is. The writer said if you have hope, if you have ever hoped for anything, Faith is what gives some soft, soft, uh, substance to that hope. Faith gives you reason to affirm something is yours before you see it. It is your before you see it with your physical eyes. It calls real those things that are not physical. It called them down now. He said faith can also is also this, the, defined in the scripture as the evidence of things not seen. That is the evidence of unseen realities. The writer said, and I quote, I do not see these things with my optical eyes, but they are real to me. They are so real, you can't take them away from me. And this is the attitude we should have when we make requests or we have a desire that we have we have asked from God. We should see them. We should see that they are very real. They should be so real to us that no one can take it away from us. He also said, faith is the proof of the existence of something that is not tangible to the senses. The writer gave a practical illustration. He said, if you bought a piece of land, you wouldn't carry the land with you everywhere, telling everybody, see, the land I bought. You would have documents to that, documents to that land called a title deed. If somebody requests for a proof of ownership, you could simply pull out your title deed to the land and show them as proof of ownership. That is the evidence of unseen reality. The land is real, but because you can't carry it around with you, they may not see it in your office or wherever you go. However, you have a proof of ownership. The title did something you can look at and say yes you have really got that land 
The same thing it is for us as believers. When we have the word of God, as we look at it, we have assurance that what we are requesting from, from God is already ours. We have it already. Because the word of God gives us that assurance. The writer said it is not in faith, it's not in the realms of the five senses. It's not something we can see, it's not something we can touch, it's not something we can smell. It is the proof of things we do not see and perceive by our senses. He said it also transcends the, the realms of reasoning and the mind. It is not something we can reason out. It's not something we can say one plus one is two. No, it is not. It is something that is above the mind, what the mind could think, what the mind could ever imagine. It is a spiritual force and attributes of the human spirit. The writer personally defines faith as a response of the human spirit to the word of God. He said, faith makes a certainty of things we don't see with our optical eyes. Therefore, faith is not an irrational leap in the dark, but a leap on God's word. It is believing what God's word has said, consigning anything and acting that way. So faith is not an irrational leap in the dark. As he said, we have seen people who leaped irrationally. They have no basis for their leaping. But for the believer, we are not just leaping, but we are leaping on God's word. The writer knows that there is a difference between faith and believing. He said someone who is suffering from a form of sickness might cry, Oh God, I believe, oh God, I really know you can do it. Do it for me today. Heal me, Lord. He doesn't realize it, but that is not faith. I don't know if you have had this kind of experiences. I can personally relate to what the writer is saying here. All the person is doing is expressing his belief. That's what the writer is saying here. And many believers today will believe that is faith. I can remember the, the last, the book we reviewed before the last, where the, the host asked the, a, a particular question. He said, how? How come somebody is believing God for something? He has been believing, he has been believing, and the thing is not happening. The thing is not coming to pass. I believe through this book we have been able to understand that when you are expressing your belief, that is not faith. Because when you are expressing your belief, you are just expressing a belief, according to the writer. When that belief, when that, that request is not met, you don't receive answers to it, you become discouraged and unhappy. Faith is not believing. The writer said faith is the corresponding action to what you believe. You are acting on God's word. You are acting. You are acting. In, 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 you, are, you are corresponding. You have a corresponding action to what God's word says. 
So I remember there was the book, the last book, there was a book we, we read where the writer was saying, what have you done with your belief? That is what the writer here is trying to also say. What have we done with our belief? What you do with your belief is your faith. Your action declares your faith. He said, for the one who is sick, when he hears the word that says, by whose stripe ye we are healed, and believe it, his response or corresponding action to that word will be to begin to declare, by the stripes of Jesus I was healed. He should start acting as one who is being healed, and as a result, begin to do the things he couldn't do before. Due to the sickness, his declaration that he is healed is not going to be based on his feelings. I'm no longer feeling the pain anymore. Yes, now I know that I'm healed. No, it's not going to be that. The pain, the pains might still be there. It might be, it might still be as terrible as it was before the person prayed. But the writer is saying that our faith is not based on our feelings, what we feel. He is healed. He noted that for faith to be faith and not believing, it is called to have some action. So that's the difference between believing and faith. Believing, the person is just expressing his belief. Ah, God, I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. But faith is actually doing something as a result of your belief. Put into action your belief. It is very common that sometimes we can declare we believe, we believe. But when the reality comes, how? How do we now say we believe? Do we really act act out our belief, our faith? You say we can't please God without faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, For without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he rewards is, is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The writer noted here that the Bible didn't say without love. It didn't say, I think when I read this particular place of the book, I don't know, I was I was so enlightened. It said it didn't the Bible didn't say that without love, without prayer, without holiness. Then they did say without righteousness. It is not that. It's not that they are not important. But the writer said it takes faith to really activate and appropriate those and many more blessings that are in the word of God to your life when you have faith. It says some have tried religion, which is which is very common now. What we have now in Christendom, you can say. 50% of it is religion. People are so religious. They will tell you they are very holy. You know, but the writer is telling us here that some have tried religion. They have lived their lives saying they are holy, they are walking in love, they are very prayerful, yet they couldn't please God because they haven't learned to walk by faith. All these will be unattainable without faith. 
there is, you see, there is a very, there is something very important the writer said. And I want us to really note. He said, you are not expected to pray yourself into faith. He said, because we already have faith. You are praying to a God you cannot see. You study the Bible and believe that it is God's word. It's not that you were there when it was written. But you study it. You take your time to study it. You take your time to pray to God. That can only be faith. That is faith. So he said we already have faith. The scriptural reference there he mentioned is Romans 12, 3. He said what we need to do now is how to make our faith work for us. That is what is actually the problem. It's not that we don't have faith, but how do we make it work for us? The scriptural reference he gave us there is Romans 12, 3. Say, for I say therefore the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. He said it is faith. He said it is faith in the Bible. That it is God's word. That is, that is what makes us to study it. Our faith that the Bible is God's word. That's why we study it. He said faith is fundamental. Fundamental. Without it, we are not even, we cannot even be born again. We cannot, we cannot, we cannot exist as believers. It takes faith to come to God. Even 11.2 said, let us know that by faith, the head has obtained a good report. This scripture is talking about our petrots, the men of old, men of faith, such as Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Samuel, David, Elijah, Elisha, so many of them. When we look at the hallmark of faith, Hebrew 11, there are so many that we, that we mentioned there. The writer gave example of Noah, of Abraham, the father of faith. If we read the book of Genesis 6, we will get the story. The life of Noah in a generation that was ungodly, so much evil. Noah was perfect. He walked with God. He believed what God told him to the latter. That he built the hack by every instruction that God gave. Picked the animals by the instruction that God gave. And he brought salvation to his house a righteousness that was as a result of faith was credited to his to him he talked about abraham the father of faith who was called from his people from his father's house without knowing where he was going with a promise and he believed god was moving from one place to another but he believed god who had called him Abraham was given a, a promise by God that he would give him a child. Even in his old age, Abraham believed God. He was not, he was not moved. He was not, he was not moved by, by his physical appearance. He believed God's word. Eventually, when the child came, God asked for that child to be offered as a sacrifice. 
Abraham believed God. Laid his son on the altar, ready to sacrifice. It was an act of faith. Because he believed God could raise Isaac back to life, even if he had to offer Isaac. Isaac was a child of promise already. There was nothing, he was not, he was not moved by it. These are some of the, 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 the heroes of faith. When I talk about the just shall live by faith. Hebrew 10, 20, 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. The writer said, everything in the kingdom of God functions by the principle of faith. That is, by, that is why the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. It didn't say by holiness or by righteousness, but by faith. This shows that faith is very important. Faith is very important as a believer. That is why this opportunity we have been given that we are studying this book, this series on faith. We cannot excuse ourselves. It's an opportunity for us to grow our faith to a greater measure. So it's not by holiness, it's not by righteousness, but by faith. Faith is very important. It's a message, according to the writer, that must be taken seriously. Have you seen the faithlessness of this generation of Christians? I don't know if we have noticed it. It is an alarming situation. So this message of faith is a timely one. The writer said, anyone who desires to live successful life in this God's kingdom, in this kingdom race, that person must be a man, a woman of faith. Everything about our lives as believers depends on our faith. It's hanged on. It's depend on your understanding of this subject of faith. If we have this understanding and we are operating in this understanding, we are walking in the light of this the truth of God's word, we will live in a dynamic, a dynamic life. So he said you can understand righteousness. You cannot understand righteousness without faith. Cannot even demonstrate the God kind of love without faith. The Bible says, faith walketh by love. Galatians 5, 6. Without faith, we wouldn't be able to function well, even in our job, our businesses, marriages, academics, finances, health, ministry. It is impossible for us to work to be work effectively without faith. We cannot even keep Satan under our feet where he belongs without faith. All this and so many, the writer said. The writer said in today's world, there is so much evil, wickedness. You can only walk in love and live peacefully among men as the Bible instructed us to do by faith. We have seen people, they cannot even relate with their neighbors, say, ah, they feel. Make you not put to uh, me, not do me. We get that with the woman, they say confess, we show you know, 
faithlessness. So for us to even walk in love, live a peaceable life with people around us, it is by faith. It takes faith to listen and not respond in bitterness when someone speaks evil of you. I don't know if you have experienced it since you gave your life to Christ. You're always conscious. You're always conscious of what you do, what you say. Even when you, you speak out of impulse, the Holy Spirit will there will just tell you ah, what you have what you have done now is not right. Immediately you go and make amends. So it takes faith for us to be able to remain unruffled and still love those who criticize us, despite, despise us. So you see, the writer concluded by saying the faith way is the way, the only way for a Christian. Chapter 2, you already have faith. The writer said here that there is no way in the epistles that is the revelation of the new, the new creature that the Holy Spirit asks us, instructs us to have faith in God. He said it is simple because the just shall live by faith. The reason is very simple. To a Christian, faith is a lifestyle. It is who we are. The New Testament principles of life for the believer. So because our very existence as believers is by faith. The writer said in Rome, he said that God already dealt to every man according to the scripture, Roman 12, 3, the measure of faith, not a measure of faith. So that we don't say, oh, this man has a greater measure than me. But he said the measure, which means everyone has the same measure. God has given the same measure of faith. In fact, the writer said the same measure of faith that was given to Jesus is the same measure that is given to us. So we are inexcusable. The faith for us to do exploit, the faith for us to infect change in our life, in, the, in our environment, has already been given to us, according to the writer. He has already, the, the, the faith has already been given to us. So we are inexcusable. He said the people that Jesus addressed in Matthew, Mark, and Luke about faith are as at that time, we are not born again. He said, if you are a born again believer, you don't need to be praying for faith because already God has given you the measure of faith. The measure that you need to move your mountains has been given to you. Like Matthew, like, like the, the, uh, Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, Say for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. So from the scripture there, we see that there is no impossibility with the measure of faith that God has given to us. We can do the unthinkable. We can do the, un, the, the, the unimaginable. So, the ball is on our court. Jesus does not tell lies. What he has said is true. So, the writer asks, then what is now the problem? Why is it that so many believers are praying and they are not getting results? He said, could it be 
The sin is sin the problem. He says sin is not the problem. It's only a deception from the pit of hell. A deception by Satan to rob us, believers of our blessing, to make us think that the sin we have committed can deprive us from receiving from, from God. But the writer said it is only out of ignorance of God's word that so many believers are, have become victims to this strategy of the devil. He said in Romans 6, 6 to, to 7, Jesus has dealt with the sin problem. In his death, his suffering, death and resurrection has taken care of the sin problem. We are not supposed to be struggling with sin anymore. Romans 6, 14 said the devil, the, 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 that scripture tells us that Jesus has completely liberated us. That sin shall no longer have dominion over you, over me. So, the sin is not a problem. There is no child of God that wants to live in sin. That is a mark that that person is a true child of God. The one who makes an error and always comes out of it and always repents from it, that is a sign of a true child of God. So, so therefore, if we have an understanding of God, we will discover that it is not because God doesn't answer us because of what we have done or what we have refused to do. Because we are living right or because we are not living right. It's not because of our work. Then he said, you are qualified for God's blessing. The Bible said, in 2 Timothy 2, 1, He said we should be straight, strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That means we shouldn't take, we should take advantage, full advantage of the unmerited favor that God has given to us. So we are qualified by grace through the finished work of Jesus Christ, not by our works. God has qualified us. He has made us partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Colossians 1, 12. In other words, the letter said you are qualified to receive God's best. Because of Jesus, through Jesus you are qualified. He said we must allow this truth to settle down in our heart. Nothing can disqualify you from receiving from God. Receiving the best from God. Say not even sin. The Bible says it is not of your work, lest any man should boast, but through the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2. 8 to 9. Chapter 3. Jesus taught us how to receive. Mark 11, 24. Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things ye desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. This scripture shows us how to pray and how to receive answers at the same time. So in this one scripture, we are told how we should pray. We are told how to receive answers from God. The principles of receiving, Jesus said, whatsoever things ye desire, 
whatsoever thing we desire he said when we pray we should believe that we have received them and we shall have them it's as simple as that he said jesus taught us in the latter part of this scripture how to receive matthew 7 8 he said everything that everyone that acts receives in john 15 16 he said he let us know that we are chosen and ordained to receive answers when we pray he said i have chosen you and ordained you that whatsoever ye shall ask of the father in my name he may give it to you jesus does not tell lies to anyone the writer, the writer asks, what then is the problem with many folks? Why aren't they receiving, why aren't they receiving prayers, receiving, receiving answers to their prayers? He says there's no need praying. It's of no use praying when there is no, there is no receiving. Praying without receiving is religion and religion gives nothing. He said when you pray, God answers. Therefore, all we need to do is believe that we have received whatsoever it is we are asking from God. God answers when we pray, but we are the one that does the receiving. He said there is a faith attitude that determines whether you receive answers to your prayer or not. He said, now, when Jesus, when the scripture says a particular thing, when the Bible, the word of God, when God says a particular thing, if we believe, like what Jesus said concerning that text, when we pray, after praying, saying our attitude should be that of rejoicing. We are supposed to be rejoicing immediately after praying, congratulating ourselves, declaring that, thanking Jesus, declaring to God, that he has done what he said he would do. Even though we have not seen that request with our physical eyes, you should act like you have always received it, right? You have already received it right from the moment you prayed. That is the principle of receiving according to the writer. He said you start acting and demonstrating your faith by rejoicing and praising God for your miracles. He said, we shouldn't grumble and complain when praying. Jesus didn't say we should complain. Rather, he said we should believe when we pray. He said, why is it that we have so many believers complaining, some even weeping in prayer instead of believing and receiving, instead of receiving what they have prayed for? Chapter 4 says, Receiving by faith. Hebrews 11 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is the response of the human spirit to the word of God. In other words, it is the step you take as a result of the word of God that has come to you. The writer said, God is a faith God. He lives and operates by faith, and he expects us, his children, to do the same. God is a spirit. We also are spirit beings, as well as 
We are also spirit beings as well. But we live in a physical and material world. Hence, we must walk by faith. The writer said, having prayed to God about something, we are to act as though he has done what we asked because he has actually done it. He said, you receive by accepting that God has done what he said he has done and that you already have what he says you have. That is faith. He said, crying doesn't work. It is faith that does. You know, actually, before now, before reading this particular book, I've actually thought crying, you know, works. But this is an eye-opener that crying doesn't do anything. Because having read that scripture, what Jesus said, it is clear that Jesus didn't mention crying there. So it is obvious crying doesn't do anything. He said it is faith that does. He said faith always works. When I read this place, I remembered again the question our brother asked. So if one has been praying, you have been praying, according to you, you have been doing all God say you should do. And then there is no result. The writer said it wasn't faith. Because what Jesus said there, it will be as you have said, if you do not doubt, if you believe in your heart. So when it doesn't work, it isn't faith. He said, divine health is yours. Prosperity is yours. Lasting peace is yours. Sickness, success, sorry, excellence and good life belongs to you. Receiving them into your spirit by believing, accepting and declaring them with your mouth. And watch your life transformed with moments. Watch your life transform. Watch your life transform with moment of time. This is how to receive by faith. He talked about the same part of receiving. He said, according to the scripture, according to the scripture, this, the, 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 sorry, according to the scripture, Mark eleven twenty three. He said, for verily, verily, I say unto you that whatsoever whatsoever again I say whatsoever ye shall say unto this mountain be that removed and be that cast unto the sea and shall not doubt in his heart whatsoever shall say unto this mountain be that removed and be that cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. He shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. Hallelujah. So the writer said, we should stop crying and begging. Oh God, save my husband. Rather, I declare that he's saved. 
in the name of Jesus. Each time you pray for him, he says, stop praying, oh God, give me a child. Say, Father, I thank you for I have received a child because your word says children are the heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Psalm 1273. Beside, the Bible says, ye shall be blessed above all people. There shall not be a male or female barren among you or among your livestock. Deuteronomy 7, 14. Therefore, it is important for you. Therefore, it is impossible for you not to have children. When you know this, you won't need to keep praying, begging on asking God to make you fruitful or give you a child. Instead, you simply go ahead and receive. Hallelujah. He says, stop saying, oh God, give me money. Instead, say, I am rich. I have all the money I need because God has made all favor and earthly blessing come to me in abundance. Hallelujah. Therefore, I am always and under all circumstances self-sufficient. I possess enough, required, no aid or support. I am financially furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable deed. Hallelujah. This shall be your declaration. You can talk this every day and be, you can't, you can't talk this every day and be broke. It is impossible. You can't keep speaking like this and be in debt. The energy of God's word will produce what he says in your life. Is somebody hearing this? Second Corinthians 9, 8. God is able to make all grace, every favor, earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever need be self-sufficient, possessing enough required, no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. It is our responsibility to meditate, personalize, receive the blessings of God's word by speaking in consonance with him. That is the same part of receiving. Hallelujah. So, God has so blessed us in not blessing in his word that we are not supposed to be lacking anything. The provisions of God are limitless. They are boundless. They are inexhaustible. It covers all we need. Faith receives. Once again, he said, let's look at Jesus' word, Matthew 7, 7, 8. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. These words are the sovereign declaration of deities. They are absolute true. Note the manner in which the Lord Jesus conjoins asking or praying with receiving. The master is not only interested in your prayer, but also in your receiving. This is something that is not, that they, so many believers today are not conscious of. They are so good in praying, 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 praying. And the receiving aspect becomes difficult. It's like they are saying, ah, I've been praying, I've been praying for how many years now and no result. But look at what the writer said. Jesus is very much interested in our receiving, not just our asking. Jesus said, anyone that asks, receives. 
and that includes you and me now that is a law in the realms of the spirit it's an established principle in the kingdom of god to which you belong hallelujah you are ordained to receive answers to prayer hallelujah so faith receives the bible said the bible didn't say we should beg and cry to god our children the children of god begging and crying to god faith doesn't beg faith receives hallelujah the writer said praying without receiving is religion and religion gives you nothing but faith receives all things hallelujah don't be religious in your thinking don't spend a lot of time exalting yourself in prayer without understanding how to receive it will only lead to frustration and jesus said about the religious fools they think they shall be heard they think they shall be heard for their much speaking matthew 6 7 you need to know that the volume of your words when you pray is not what moves god it is your faith that gets his attention believing and accepting what he says is yours is yours what he says he has done he has done and therefore acting that way is what faith is hallelujah we have this book as you know portrays so much that we have been learning these past months on faith we have been going through a lot of books we have read a lot of books on faith now this brings us to the end of chapter 4 which is the concluding chapter for today's review I want to thank every one of us for taking time to listen I will be seeing you at the comment session the contributions and questions now I want to ask us to share give some share some of our faith experiences we've been reading the books books on faith so many books on faith we have read I want us in the comment section to share some of our, of our experiences our faith experiences since we'll be reading the book this book where what are some of our testimonies what are some of the leaps of faith we have taken that has produced result for us I want us to share in the comment section. God bless you for your time. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Bye for today. Thank you once again.